Tape Cards, your ultimate destinations for all things tabletop in Riverton, Utah. Uniting enthusiasts under one roof, we proudly showcase Flesh and Blood, Pokemon, Magic, Weiss, and One Piece, a gateway into an exhilarating universe of gaming. Immerse yourselves in our diverse products, including a very squishy array of Japanese plushies and the excitement of Gashapon machines. Our expansive play area invites you to duel in epic battles and forge unbreakable bonds with your fellow players. We open our doors every day at noon, embracing a realm where cards come alive and unforgettable moments are afforded. Come join us at Kayfabe Cards. Realm Rumble 2023 is a first-of-its-kind, independently organized, three-day-long celebration of all the biggest names in trading card games. If you love Flesh and Blood, then this is the weekend for you. There's going to be a $10,000 open tournament, a $5,000 team sealed tournament, and overall, $45,000 of prizes given out over the course of the whole weekend. If you like callings, if you like Pro Tours, then this is the event for you. It's going down December 1st through 3rd in Columbus, Ohio. Head down to the Realm Games' website, realmgames.myshopify.com to get your early bird registrations in, and we'll see you at the Rumble. The Instant Speed Podcast, finally, well, I wouldn't say finally, you were on the show, like, I, I probably, I think you were the second episode after the relaunch of ISP. I, mm-hmm. Um, we were in, in, in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. we were all in that big log palace together which was <laughs> incredible um you as a part of three floating but here you are uh i'm just gonna read the intro that i write because it's funny because i go th- i get through like seven words of the intro and then i get immediately <laughs> pulled into a tangent because i don't agree with the me of like three hours ago so doesn't matter right. but here's word for word the instant speed podcast welcomes a third of the renowned content group three floating he is an actor and caster and a great friend. Welcome, Sam O'Byrne. How are you, Sam? I'm good. I'm a little disappointed that you no longer agree with yourself that we're great friends of three hours ago. But other than that, like, <laughs> I'm glad, you know, I'm glad you were still willing to do this. Oh, well, here's the deal. <laughs> three hours ago, three hours. So first of all, I, I, I and a lot of people have been following along with this construction uh, nightmare that I've been going on. Uh, oh, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there, brother. For sure. But beyond that, it's like for the past month to month and a half, the work has more or less been completed. I even, believe it or not, stepped on my balcony for the first time in six or seven months and just was like, wow, this is amazing. I went to go put my little barbecue back out there. I went to go put, which was in my living room, by the way, at a barbecue in my living room. I had all my, the spare tires on my car, all four of them stacked in my living room. I put to go put them back on the balcony. And I was like, finally, I did a massive cleanup of the impart of the apartment with, I reorganized and cleaned out the storage, which was the storage area for all this crap, <laughs> which is now again, sort of my workspace where I was planning on doing other content videos, like another desk, and this morning, Sam, I get a note slid under my front door saying we need to uh, do touch-ups and some more renovations on your side of the building for another several weeks. So oh. make, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We were so close. So close, Sam. Oh, terrible. So three hours ago. You were dealing with that and in such a state that you just pre- pretended we were really good friends. That's what I'm that's what I'm hearing. Well, I was looking for ways to sort of lift myself up. So it might have ah. been a fantasy world that I created <laughs> where you and I were such good friends. But, yes, yes, yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But I would like to believe that that's true. I, I think that's true. I think that you and I are buddies. 
Great. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Perfect. See? <laughs> Excellent. Well, the three hours ago Flake is still stewing at the fact that he got that <laughs> note from hell. Uh, yeah. We were so close. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. The first thing I want to ask you, buddy, is, again, I, I said that you're a third of three floating. There's you. Uh, there's Dacov Bertrand. There's Aiden. You all have such an important role to create this obviously greater than the sum of your parts entity that is three floating you bring mm. so much energy you bring so much um enthusiasm and love to flesh and blood what are you guys up to now because if you guys drop two videos a day i'm sure that there are people who'd be like that's still not enough <laughs> you know uh we're trying man it's it's this funny world of really wanting to treat uh youtube and the game like it is as big as it could ever be and you know trying to get videos out as consistently as possible to like you know we've we've never been too focused on like playing the algorithm but there's like you know if you put more videos out youtube will show your videos to more people right and yeah. so like if you're consistent with it like there's a there's a greater chance that you get seen by more people and our main goal is just to keep helping the game get bigger you know and like what we wanted to bring to the table was just a type of gameplay that we just couldn't find on YouTube. And we all like grew up on YouTube and have watched so many card game videos on YouTube that we were like, where's the flesh and blood one. So we were like, shit, man, I guess we got to make it. <laughs> um, but you know, because, because we want to treat it like, you know, almost like the end game, like, Oh, when, when, when the market on YouTube is huge, like these are the videos that it would sustain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so we're trying to put the same love and energy into them right now, but as a result, you know, it, it just takes an enormous amount of work and an enormous amount of time. So it's, we, you know, we're, we're getting them out like every couple weeks pretty much. And we're really like stoked and proud on that. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that we would like probably try to be doing if it didn't take so much time and effort and energy for these fight nights, you know, like we've had people ask about like podcasts or like other like streaming or some other gameplay stuff that we've, we've talked to each other like, Oh my God, how fun would that be? But the kind of Herculean effort it takes to film and edit and produce the fight nights right now. Like it's just kind of all eyes on that. I um, sat through you know? one. I mean, I was there watching you guys record the one that we did back in Ohio or whatever. I was a part mm -hmm. of that one, which, again, thank you for including me. It was awesome to oh, be a part so of fun. it. But just to <laughs> see the what is important. And then, the, again, this is going to be a blast from the previous episode that you guys were on, which I think at the time was like 88 or something, where you guys were mentioning or Aiden had said that for every one minute of produced content, it takes him about an hour. So when you guys put out a 30 minute video or a 40 minute video it takes them 40 hours of work to actually put that out which is unreal to think about and i get it like we're all slaves to the algorithm at the end of the day <laughs> and the reality is that we're not getting rich off these youtube videos i like one of the most eye-opening things to me because i never envisioned this sort of career path for me as this is not how I'm going to make my money. And Instant Speed has seen a certain amount of success where I do have sponsorships that help me really pay just the the costs of doing this stuff. Like, I'm not ahead yeah. by any means. But it, it was never the end game to get rich. And when DM Armada made that sleeving a deck, like five sleeves or six sleeves video that I was a part of, afterwards, he showed me, he's like, when it hit like 200,000 views, which is mind-boggling right yeah when he hit that 
He's like, how much money do you think I'm getting paid for that one video? And I threw out a number, and it was drastically lower. The reality was drastically lower than what he showed. And he's like, yeah. He's like, it's a sustainable thing if you're getting like 500,000 views a video. But then in that case, yeah. it's like, you want to be rich, you better pump out like five to seven of these a week, and, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the reason we're all in this is because nobody here is like, I want to get into flesh and blood to get rich off of YouTube. You know, it's yeah. like we're, we're, we're in it because we just love it. And I think it inspires a, a passion in the community that, you know, you see when you go to the events, you see when you have people on, you know, the instant speed podcast talking about how much they love this game. But like for, for us, like we just, we just love it. And we just want to, for us, you know, the, the drive is not necessarily like breaking the algorithm or breaking into, you know, the stratosphere of dollars. It's really just about being able to engage with the community and engage with the world in a way that people, you know, are coming up to us at events and telling us, like, we had someone come up at Nats and, and talk to me and Jacob. And he was like, I just, you know, I started in Dust Till Dawn. I learned through your videos and I'm two and one in the calling on Azuri. And I was just like, I almost got a little emotional. I was like, that's so unbelievably awesome. Like, I'm so happy to hear that, you know? And like, just being able to engage with the community and bring something that we didn't have when we were getting into the game that, you know, I'll hope that when somebody starts to find out Flesh and Blood and they're like, whoa, what is this? And then they find our channel. They're like, oh my God, there's like, now, now there's like 12 of these I can watch, you know? And that's like, so cool that that exists now, you know? And I'm, I'm just, I, you know, I, 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 it makes sense that it's not, about the money for you it's not about the money for, about the, for the people that are just like we love this <laughs> no that's the that's the end goal here is the fact that it's literally this is stuff that we love and like, you mentioned passion and and i have to constantly remind people or just drive the point home whenever i'm asked for advice about getting into the space getting into um content creation i say if you, if your foundational point if your bedrock isn't just pure unfiltered passion for the content that you're making you are going to burn out immediately because the second that you find out that you jammed you know 30 hours into a video and it got 78 views you're going to feel absolutely defeated but unless you wake up the next morning saying i want to do it again you know then forget it. like then it's it's not a thing for you because you're not doing this obviously to get rich i i'm not doing this to get rich trust me there's a closet full of ramen that i that will guarantee <laughs> that it's definitely not in this get rich we have to do this as sort of an aside to help us through our or, or to sort of um get us better acquainted and, and connected with the community which is what we love and what we're passionate about but that all aside there is an actual quote-unquote day job that you do that i do that but like for you specifically it's acting that is your profession and i use the quotation marks not to say that it to take away from you know what is entailed when it when it comes to being a professional actor i mean it because it's not a day job it's a no. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so walk us another through, goal it, well that's yeah. it it's another goal but like much like myself and and casting you and 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 you know chasing down opportunities for you know as an actor it's so tiring but you love it and talk us a little bit of, talk to us a little bit about that part of sam o'burn for sure um you know it's acting is something I, when I was a kid, it was it was 
I expressed that part of myself. My brother and I would run around in the backyard and we'd play Pokemon, but like we were in the world, you know, and like we were, I was narrating the Pokemon we were encountering. And then eventually that would transition into like, a, we, we called them body games, you know, this is what we call it. We would go outside and we would just like play games by imagining these worlds. And I was kind of like spinning these tales. I remember one was like, I was playing Final Fantasy at the time, so like Cloud Strife was in the world with us, but Julian was super into Sonic. So like we were out there with these little foam swords and like Cloud Strife was there helping us out, but also Sonic was there too and, and Tails and <laughs> Knuckles, you know? And like, but but like, <laughs> I should get my brother next time. Hope Julian's been getting into Flesh and Blood. He actually just moved in with me here in Los Angeles. And so he's been getting into Flesh and Blood. Hopefully I'll get to introduce you guys at some point. But I do remember that that specific game with Final Fantasy and Sonic, I like killed Sonic. Like I, I very dramatically killed him. And Julian like ran to the other room and was just bawling his eyes out. He was just like, I, this was, he, I remember, because we were pretty, we were really young. He was like, this was a lot for me. Like, this was maybe too much. Because <laughs> I was like, really describing yeah, Sonic. You made him getting... feel. You yeah. got him yeah, into exactly. that. That is, the, that is exactly. precisely what the success yeah. of an actor should be, is when that, <laughs> exactly. that person that you're performing for feels exactly yes. what you're trying to get them yes. to feel. <laughs> yeah, so that, exactly. Um, so that was like, that was me as a young kid. But like, I I think the thing about that that I really just loved was the play of it and the the storytelling but just we were we were truly just out there playing you know and um I think I as I got older and you know started to do like the school plays and then I started to go to, you know I went to art school and then I went to a acting university you know a conservatory for my my college like when you get to the highest levels of it at the end of the day it's it's it kind of breaks back down into play you know and when you, especially in something like theater, like you have to do all this work to create um, this this show and create this trust with these people, and it has to be the same if you're doing it, you know, five times a week, eight shows a week, it has to be the same. But there's also this sense when you're up there with someone of like, but we're also just we're playing. Like if I do something a little different, like my person, you know, in the in the scene with me is gonna respond differently. And then throw something back at me a little differently. And then if I'm really there playing with them, like I'm throwing it, you know, and there's there's a sense of that that is so deep down in the core what I what make what brings me joy of just being alive. Um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else with like my life life. I, I didn't want, you know, to go and become a doctor or, you know, both of my parents are clinical psychologists, you know, and like I I could have totally just tried to go get my PhD and do that and like my a lot of my family are clinical psychologists, so, like, there would have been a path for me there. But I couldn't imagine, like, not getting to keep kind of playing at this core level. And acting allows you to do so and tell stories. And, you know, I mean, the I, I, there's just such a magic when you see a, an incredible play or an incredible movie or, you know, even, like, all these other forms of storytelling. Like, I just, there's just magic there. Like, I just love to be part of it. There's a different kind of attachment or, or connection that I make when I'm watching like a Scorsese movie versus when I'm watching like Michael Bay blow, blow shit up, you know, and they're both entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but what you, what you get from a truly character driven performance driven type of, of, of movie, like, you know, the departed or, um, you know, any of those other Scorsese, like casino or Goodfellas or whatever, like Scorsese is my guy. He's my favorite director Mm -hmm. of all time. But do you have any actors that you just you just look at or you've seen or or that not just inspire you, but you're like that? That's what I that's what I want to be. This is who I aspire to be. This is who 
I look to, you know, that, that I want to not just emulate, but, you know, who's the master of their craft that, that just inspires me to that degree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When I was a kid, my, like, hipster answer, when people would ask me my favorite answer, I would say Troy Baker, who is um, Joel in The Last of Us. He's in the main guy in Bioshock Infinite. He's Pagan Min in Fallout 4. He's this just, like, transformational uh, motion capture and voice actor. And, like, that was my, like, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I like Troy Baker. You probably, you probably haven't heard of him. He's in video games, you know? <laughs> um, that was me as a kid. I think, honestly, the person that came to mind in a funny enough way especially when you talk about kind of aspirationally. Um, Jason Bateman is so funny, and he's got this, you know, he's got this kind of, uh, uh, like, thing. Like, they, people call it the straight man who's just like, no, like, that's no, no, no joke. That's that's crazy, you know, and being, the you know, the gym in the office, like the person who's a little more normal when all the crazy people are around them in Arrested yeah. Development, right? Like, he's he's so funny in that show. And then you watch Ozark, and he's just like, transformationally nuanced and tragic and like selfish but but just trying to make it you know that his performance in ozark is magnificent right and like i i would love to be the type of actor if i am able you know if i stick with it and i'm able to find success in the way that i get to do those type of projects i would love to be able to be in something like arrested development and make everybody laugh and and do some you know funny like really clever well-written comedy but then have a show like Ozark that is like so real and in your face and intense. Like I'd love to be able to be that, uh, uh versatile. It's incredible because pl- actress like Brian Cranston, who went from being yeah. Hal in Malcolm in the middle yeah. to Walter White and breaking bad to me. Uh, it's not my favorite show of all time. However, the transformation of Walter White from season one to season what was it five or six or whatever the last season was was so gradual but if you if you take an episode from season one to season five they're completely different people but as you're going through it the character was so well written and so well portrayed that it was such a gradual slow burn of a transformation that you almost don't catch it it's like watching your puppy turn into a dog right like it's like when did you get so big you eventually kind of sit and you're like wow it's like walter white's like when did you become such an asshole like when did you become so ruthless (laughs) yeah Um, um, to me, that actor that, um, you know, the sort of quote unquote hipster pick much like you is Andy mm. Circus. Andy Circus, having sure. done Gollum, having yeah. he was uh, having done Snoke, Gollum, Caesar from the Planet of the Apes. Like the dude not, is not just playing a character. He's playing a whole other freaking species. And it's and it's so convincing. And so, and you feel the 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 emotion and humanity through this digital process which without the right actor is incredible but then he's finally gaining notoriety as um you know as a character in andor as a character in the marvel universe having other Mm. uh he was uh he was alfred in the new batman right like this dude just doesn't get enough love and uh and and it's this is a whole other side that i think that a lot of people don't necessarily know about you sam is this you know the acting part like they know sam o'burn the caster um but there has to be you know some sort of there's got to be a bridge between casting and acting that you can kind of carry something over from there what are those parallels for you in terms of what you know and and can lean on from your acting career that you bring to the casting booth you know like, I, I, I think 
initially for me, there was actually a fair amount of hesitation because I didn't want to kind of cross the streams like you're talking about. Like I really liked playing and I really liked that I was getting into playing at tournaments and I really imagined myself. I was like, I think I'm going to play all the freaking time and I want to get really good and I want to like be going for top eights like that. I had never, you know, I used to play magic, but I never even went to an FNM. Like I never, I was too intimidated, honestly, of like the magic people. Like I just was scared of them being mean to me <laughs> at the shop, but like, uh, flesh and blood, like I was really like, I'm going to play at, I want to go for top eights. And I didn't necessarily want to cross those cross the streams, so to speak. But you know, as soon as I started, the thing that is so fun that I was kind of alluding to about being on stage with someone and and you're playing, you know, and 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 you are creating something magic that everybody in that room experiences. And then at the end of it, you put on the show. And the feeling of looking around with everybody that just put on that show is like, we did that together. This was so special. I'm so glad to have done that with all of you. There is, and I know you we talked about this a little bit, like you feel that at the end of a cast. When a cast goes great and the games were awesome and the interviews were fun and your back and forth with your co-casters was like cracking like when that stream goes off it's like oh we just put on a freaking show i'm so proud of us and everybody's like tapping each other on the back and telling everyone how good of a job they did and like just you're just giving love to your fellow cat like that's just such a beautiful thing that feels very familiar and very much like home to me is like putting on a show you know and and it turns out, like, uh, you know, I kind of assumed it probably would, but, like, getting to talk and put on a show about pretty much my favorite thing in the world in terms of, like, actual interests, it's like the it's like the, the, the thing I care about is flesh and blood, you know? So, like, being able to just talk about it and be excited about it on a stream and, and, and try to bring that excitement to as many people as I could that are watching, like... That's a wonderful, wonderful thing, you know? <laughs> the thing that you mentioned earlier about how when you change up the delivery of a line or you change something up when you're acting and you're, you're the, the person in the scene with you has to play off that. Because if you come at it with a different bravado in how you present something or you deliver your line and they respond the same way as you did prior, it doesn't. it's not genuine. You have to be aware of totally. that. And that's a 100%. level of improvisation which i think that when you take that to the casting world it's a whole different thing because you're the other there's three people that are in that booth it's you your co-caster and the third player is the game and that is they're delivering lines and they don't care at all about what you're saying you're playing off them and if something happens and you're not prepared for it if you can't change the way that you perceived a turn was going to go because it's led to those things where it's like, okay, I see my opponent is going to do, you know, even if it's something as, as mundane as like blocking an Ashwing with a hornet sting. And in your mind, you know that the delivery of the line is going to be that they flip a card, it's going to be an arrow, they're going to kill it, the turn's over. But if they flip it and it's like a winter's bite, that changes how the delivery was made. You now have to change how your reaction is going to be to it. And that's something that you might not be prepared for because of the players or that third character. And... Mm -hmm. I've always found that having um, a good improvisational mind has almost served me better than knowing the decks and the players inside out, mm. which obviously you want to do both. But that is something where if my co-caster is not ready for that, then I'm like, I'm I'm leaving you in the dust. I'm going like I'm going. And if you can ride shotgun or you can be left behind, 
So, I mean, you're somebody who, when I watch cast, I don't think that you really ever miss a beat. You're usually on the ball with everything. Well, I, I a, appreciate that, but I was about to say about you, sir, like, I, I think you're totally right. I think, I think the main thing, the main thing that really I feel the crossover that really helps is I've done a lot of improv and then a lot of improv for like class and like comedically, but also just in school and in, in, in rehearsal, like you do so much Genesis and so much of the discovery is in just like making it up in the moment and allowing what, you know, the, the character creation and the situation of the world to inform the improv, but allowing the discoveries to be genuine in the moment. And in casting, it's all improv. You're all just, you're just talking. There is no script. You're just talking about what you see and you're talking to your co-caster. And um, I do think have, being able to have flexed that muscle so much in my life helps me when I'm trying to just do a cast, especially because I had no experience before, you know, January. But watching, I think, I mean, you're absolutely right. You are fantastic with the improv and especially getting to see you in person the times we've gotten to now work together, which has been a total delight. I'm I'm sitting there like, God damn, like this, this dude's funny. Like this dude's <laughs> quick. And you've got really, and you've got like these little one-liners that I can tell are not rehearsed. Like you didn't, you didn't plan to say at Nats that they're passing that card around like it's a Bob Marley concert. But when you said that, I literally looked at Punkage. I was like, there's no freaking way, dude. Like that was a legendary line. You know? Oh. So did you, did you do improv? Like, did, do you have a background in this? Or are you just kind of natural? Like, do you just like it? I, like, did you do it in so it, it, it's such a, a missed, I don't want to say it's a missed opportunity for me in my youth because I was, I got to do a lot of things. But I mean, to me, when I was in high school, you know, I was in high school in the, like from like 98 to, I guess like 2003, like the five years of high school we have in, in Canada or whatever. And like at that time, you know, card games, Star Wars, Marvel comics, things, like those were not cool. Like you got bullied for that kind of stuff. But like, yeah. so to me, I was like, this is the stuff that I absolutely love. I love playing Starcraft. I love, you know, reading my Star Wars books. I love collecting Star Wars cards. And I just befriended people whom I'm still very close with to this day based off that. And that in turn shaped who I am. However, there was this other part of me where I just wanted to be on stage as a performer in some capacity. I used to do, you know, random improv kind of stuff like within certain classes that I did. But in high school, it was a one or the other because you were not going to get accepted in that group of like theater type people because you were the nerd and as much uh, of it, and it's the truth. So like to me, the yeah. outlet for this stuff oftentimes became class presentations. I was like, you have sure. to listen to me. So <laughs> like, if you don't, you, you get detention. Like that's the kind of thing. Like it's the, it's the ideal scenario for any type of stage performer is you have to behave while I'm up here. And the thing about it was like, that gave me um, an outlet to try stuff out, to try different types of, injecting comedy into you know education and a presentation about i don't know like the canadian economy or some garbage you know like and to do so then i was like i like this but the the ship had already sailed in high school and what's fascinating is that at the end of high school i got voted most likely to have their own talk show which was really cool because people eventually <laughs> later on were like why didn't you ever yeah why didn't you join like the theater crew why didn't you do this and i was like 
I didn't want to just flat out say it because you guys were assholes and were bullies to me. <laughs> but like that was the reality. And, and when I went to yeah. university and such, that's when I was doing like university radio. That's when I was doing stand up comedy at the college and whatever. And like that's oh, when cool. I started doing things like that. And that's where I was like, this is what I want to do. But how do I cross pollinate? Like uh, yeah. to me, it was one or the other. I never even considered card games as a career. It was mm. weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you that's, you know, I was in school a little bit after you in high school. And it's funny that, I mean, there was a pretty significant shift where like we were definitely all the nerds, but I went to, I also went to a, uh, like a, it was a public high school, but the arts program was like an arts school. So like, I was still just at, you know, my one you know, a public high school in my County, but you had to like audition to be in the, the theater program technically. Um, you can just like sign up. So like there was a little more acceptance in the public school of all of us arts kids. Cause it was like, they had, they had to deal with us. Like we, we were, we were, you know, 400 strong. Like we are Marine school of the arts. Like you can't, like we got each other. But we were also like in that, like, that's where I really started to play magic for real. Like my dad taught me to play magic when I was a kid because he was working with someone who he learned to kind of help better work with this kid in his practice. And so then he taught me cause he knew I was pretty nerdy and thought I would like it. And I brought it to the theater program. And so my like high my two years in high school are very, almost like a card game anime. Like we would like, finish theater class finish drama class at fifth period we'd go out to lunch and there would be eight games of magic happening all at the lunch table and we'd go back to class and we'd be like trading cards in the in the back and then we'd finish our rehearsal and we'd go back to playing magic like it was such a uh, uh thing in the theater program we, it was like that was all anybody did for those two years um i would so i'm that. sorry that you couldn't i'm sorry you couldn't have the same experience well that, it, it, but look and at the end of the day it's it is what it is and i i the, the, the what scares me about this is the fact that i am where i am today because of obviously everything that i've gone through in the previous in, in my lifetime so who knows i mean if i was not bullied for liking cards and stuff like that uh it was a weird scenario because the the I was never included in stuff and I was like casually kind of like teased a little bit, but I was never like the direct target of, of like major bullying because, and I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. It's like some of the cool kids were like, yeah, but he's kind of funny. So like, don't like, don't, don't mess with him too much. You know, like, yeah. like we don't want him to, I don't know, like leave school. Cause he tells a, like, a good joke or gives like a funny presentations, but like, that's kind of, what it, it it that's where like kind of comedy and telling jokes became a little bit of like a shield for me because to me if people laughed at me then that's sort of that took the place of them wanting to tease me because like i'm doing a book report about like an x-wing novel and i'm like i know this is gonna get me you know pushed into a locker here and there and and, and made fun <laughs> of but at the same time if i throw a few one-liners and like take a jab at the teacher while i'm doing it then I'm going to win some fans over. So maybe they won't stuff me in the locker. Maybe they'll just knock my books out of my hand. Like that's kind of, exactly. but so it, it's just, again, all that led up to where I am today and, and your whole background and such has led you to where you are today, which is a successful caster. Like that's what you're doing. And, and the first time that you and I cast it together, I think it was at one of the realm events like a while mm -hmm. ago, it was such, um, a great experience for me because you know i'm not that i say i'm used to certain people but i've cast so much with dm armada you know i've cast with a lot of prominent people in this community but seeing a fresh face jump into the booth is always exciting for me because i'm like 
maybe there's chemistry here that I haven't had with other people. And I want to ask you about your experience getting in the booth and finding your own footing. My first adventure into casting, a lot of it was trying to take the best from other people's styles, seeing what people liked and, and, you know, slapping, like I'm going to do 50% what people want to see and 50% me. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, screw it. I'm just going full throttle on what I want. Yeah. How was it for you to find your sea legs in this business? You know, I th- for me, it was a really good friend of mine, Justin Lawag at Arcane Games and Events, the AGE tournaments that happen locally here for me in Los Angeles, um, which I was getting excited to play in. And I was like, here, this is a this is a good cut my teeth tournament series. And it was Justin that said to me after an armory one night, like, I would like you to cast. I think you should cast in the first one. And I was like, I told him no. I was like, I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I want to cross the streams. I don't want people to think I'm in it just to like become a caster. Like, I, I was like, I think I want to play. And he was like, I really think you should try it once. Um, and my whole philosophy, I was like, okay, I'll, I think I'll do it once. But my whole philosophy was, if it becomes a really stressful thing, if it's if it starts to feel quickly like, oh, you know, how can I like, uh, am I going to get jobs? Like, oh no, like if it becomes this stressful worry thing, I'm just going to stop and it'll be a thing I tried and then that's okay. But if it's fun and if it feels like this is something that I can, can kind of find my footing in somewhat naturally, then let's, let's send it and let's, let's do it. Um, and so it was mostly trusting kind of what we talked about, like just the background I have in being in front of a camera and being, being comfortable doing that my background talking to lots of people at once or an improving and just really saying to myself, like, I'm going to go in kind of blind or like, you know, I wanted, I wanted to make sure I knew everything about the game, but mm-hmm. I'm going to not, I didn't, I'm going to just be honest. I did not think that hard about that first cast. I was like, I just want to go jump into the water and see what happens and see how it feels. And it was definitely like, okay, I'm in the water now. Now what happens? <laughs> but, but it was, but it was fun. And like, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure if I went back and I actually got to the very first game I ever got to broadcast, Aiden Kwasniewski was playing, my cousin was playing in a dash mirror at the very first uh, AGE Open. And so, you know, it was nice. I got to talk about Aiden and bring some personal connections in. Um, but it was just fun. And honestly, in a funny way, it's more been in the last like three months that I've really started to think about like, okay, so now that I've done this and I have, I'm having fun, and then people are telling me that they're enjoying it when I'm on the cast. What do I want this to be? Like, what, you know, I, I, once I started doing it, I really wanted to do the best that I could. And once I, you know, as like, like, I know you do, like, when you do something, you want to do your best. But, like, I've started to think, honestly, more recently about, like, what is my voice? Like, you know, I know what kind of I bring to the table in terms of excitement and in terms of, like, you know, technical ability to talk, talk quickly and process quickly or whatever. But, like, where, what is my voice and what do I want to bring to a cast? And what do I like? It's not, I don't, I kind of initially was just like, I'm just going to pretend I'm a broadcaster. Like I'm going to just pretend <laughs> like, and just, you know, like I'm playing, like I'm in a, in school. I'm like, pretend to be a broadcaster for, <laughs> for two hours. Um, but now it's like, how can I be a little more intentional and figure out, you know, what do I want my thing to be? And it's, you know, getting to do Nats with you guys was like, that felt like a, I was really honored to have gotten that opportunity. I was like, super floored, super grateful and put some real thought into like, okay, what, what do I do here? Like, what do I do that complements all of these wonderful people and also is, you know, my thing. And 
I, it's been a little more recent of like trying to keep that excitement, but like also giving myself the freedom. This is the, I think maybe this is the most interesting part for your question, but like giving myself the freedom to like, if a line comes into my head, that's a little more like broadcastery, like send it, you know? Like, allow it to be, like, allow it to be that a little bit. And, and I don't have to be, like, apologizing necessarily for trying to be a little more like, I'm a caster. Like, mm -hmm. I do this, you know? Like, I, I feel like initially I might have been kind of apologizing for that if that, like, like, internally. Like, not trying to step on anybody's toes. Not trying to, you know, do too much. But now I'm kind of like, if I'm going to do this, like, I can, I can kind of do that a little bit, right? Like, that's part of the job. <laughs> it is absolutely part of the job. I found that sometimes the hardest thing for me is not coming up with a line. It's suppressing one it's kind of like a situation yeah. of like knowing and this comes with experience it's just knowing when to let a moment breathe and when the line that you had in your mind that i'm like this is a banger this one's this one's gonna get like a chuckle this is a really sharp line but your co-caster is on one and by the time yeah. <laughs> that it comes back to you the moment has passed and in my head i was like i just it's like you just kind of letting a home run go by and you're like well i it the hardest part for me is just letting yeah. those go it's just saying like well the moment's passed you know like timing yeah. is, is is incredibly important of which you're you're spawn on and again like for me working with pankaj working with yourself you know for the first time at that event i don't think i got to work with pankaj that weekend uh, but just being able to cast with with you it was exceptional and i think that it's just something that i'm hoping they continue onward and you know, it is intimidating. It's certainly intimidating when you have to, you know, you're doing a job, but a lot of that job pertains to the fact that it's your personality that has driven you to this, to this juncture. And there's going to be people who don't like your personality and people who definitely don't like my personality, but screw yeah. it. That's what you're getting. Yeah. And that's what you got to yeah. live with. Yeah, no, totally. Well, I mean, I do, I, I want to say, you know, I, I had a, I definitely had some pretty, you know, just some just some anxiety about getting into the space and not wanting these people that I had been watching for years and like, like you know, now looked up to and been like, these are like the casters. And it's like, I have just for most of my, you know, for the first year of playing Flesh and Blood, this was just like something I got to watch and enjoy and be a fan of. And then kind of stepping into the world and, you know, just worrying about upsetting anybody or like being like oh yo this is my turf but like it turns out that just like the regular community of flesh and blood like everybody's been so nice and welcoming and honestly like you yourself man like after we did that first time you put up a you literally tweeted like yo thank like sam that was so fun like you did great man and i was just so touched and it was so like kind of you to go out of your way and say that and it made me feel super welcome and like it's it's a thing that like people could be competitive about people could be like oh you know there's this job and this person is doing it but like even getting to do nats and like i was so worried i'm like are people gonna be pissed at me that i'm doing nats like are other am i gonna feel like oh no like some resentment from people that i got to do that job and it was just like simply kindness and simply like excitement and like it's the same way i feel like looking ahead at, at future events and like you know i like i'm like i i don't even i don't feel at all like ooh, what do i like i'm now i get to do all these things like if i get to do another event i'm gonna be so excited yeah. but if i don't i'm just gonna be so excited for the people doing it you know it's like it's it's i so i really but i do want to just say like i really appreciated that specifically from you and from from everybody but the the kindness you have shown me and the the graciousness has been like super like i receive it very 
very gratefully. Well, you deserve uh, it. And, and it's a thing where, I mean, trust me, like for whatever animosity you thought that you were going to attract by making the Nats team, how do you think I felt? I'm a Canadian on doing U.S. <laughs> Nationals. Like, uh, I, if yeah, any- that's, hold on, hold on. You're right. Right? You're, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I start the campaign on that one. But what I've come to kind of <laughs> lean on when I when those types of sentiments start to creep up and and they kind of like encroach on your mind like a dark cloud but ultimately what i what i eventually find solace in is the fact that you were chosen for a reason like they picked you for a reason and it's not just about you know location or cost a lot of the times it's it's just genuinely the fact that like you are the right person you have shown and you have worked your ass off and trust me i've had these conversations with many people in the the industry where i just say i'm like look i don't I don't have time to even consider the political, you know, layers to getting this finite amount of gigs because I'm too busy working my goddamn ass off, putting out (laughs) content, doing tournaments, flying around the countries to be a part of the community and just never say no to an opportunity. And that isn't to say that, hey, I'm working harder than you. That's not it at all. I'm just saying I don't have time to worry about why I didn't get hired for something because I'm too busy trying to get hired for stuff. Like, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying here? If I can impart a little wisdom towards you, it's that as soon as you start getting bogged into that feeling of guilt of like, if by me getting this, who doesn't get it? Because that's, that's the reality. And as the game grows, I'm 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 good friends with so many excellent broadcasters that are out there but at the end of the day there's only a handful that are going to get picked for an event and if it's me if it's not me I hold no animosity towards those who do get it and I hold no uh I hold no resentment towards anybody who I feel doesn't deserve it cuz ultimately it's not my decision and if there's anything that it should ever affect you in that regard it's just keep working hard, you know? Like the answer of, well, I feel bad about getting this job and this person didn't. So what's the what what is the response to that? Well, I'm going to keep working hard so that I that I de- so I continue to feel like I deserved it. Oh, I didn't get this job? Well, what happens here? Well, I should probably continue to work hard. It all falls down to the same thing. If you just continue to work hard and do things the right way at nobody else's expense, these things they work out. I mean, uh, and and I know I'm going on a, a little bit of a tangent here, but I made a dis- like a conscious decision many years ago when I embarked on this journey. Like when I quit my job and started this thing, I told myself that I was going to do this, you know, the right way. I wasn't going to take the easy way out of stuff. I wasn't going to take the the easy clicks. I wasn't going to start drama. I wasn't going to pick fights. I wasn't going to clickbait and like. That like that gets you very quick success, but short-lived success. Your relevancy ne- doesn't really sustain. I figured I was going to do this by being me, and you're doing it by being you. And those who have this, you know, long-term success, people like DM Armada and such like that, is because they are unequivocally themselves, and they don't they don't crawl over the backs of other people. They support. They uplift. We're all a big family, and. All this to say is I'm glad that you're part of it. I don't know what else. To, I don't know where I was going with that. Hell yeah, man! No, it's super. It's super kind. I I I feel that, and I I similarly like as people get you know as the game grows and more people get into the space and more people get into the booth. Like it's just gonna be so fun and exciting to continue to 
to grow that and to to make it feel as you know awesome as possible heck so. yeah i mean that the, all this to to say there are people in this community a very 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 small finite amount of people who rub me the wrong way but that, i mean i don't like i'm not out to get them i don't really care like that's just the thing uh, not everybody is uh you know the uh, a ray of sunshine but what is a ray of sunshine is the realm rumble and Realm Games is, is putting on this massive thing that is happening uh, the first weekend of December. I will be there. You will be there. A lot of great people will be there. The Realm Rumble might be the biggest thing to happen to Flesh and Blood this year that is not Worlds or Pro Tour. And I say that wholeheartedly. Um, talk to us what the Realm Rumble is. Yeah, I mean, you just put it that great. We should we should be putting that out in some more of the the marketing biggest non uh, you know non pro tour world event here in the states. Um, you know, the 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 realm is so committed to creating just like these the best events they can for for flesh and blood. There's such a joy and a, a drive in the community to to go to and, and, and support great events and play at high level. Um, and that's, that's what the realm rumble is. It is a, you know, a, a three day long celebration of flesh and blood, um, as well as other great card games. If you're interested in, 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 you know, games like magic or Pokemon or alpha clash, but like, you know, the bread and butter of this event is flesh and blood. There is the, the 20 K invitational tournament. That is like, you know, bigger than certain callings, you know, <laughs> it's like there's more money being given out in the 20K Invitational than there have been at certain callings this year around the world and in the States. Um, and that's 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 the Invitational Tournament. Like, I think the thing that is so exciting about what they're doing is they're also giving these, uh, you know, open tournaments that are the size of callings. <laughs> there's an open tournament on, there's a two-day open tournament that's basically a little calling. It's not only do you compete for $10,000 and, you know, all this other prize support, but all of these events are feeder events and they themselves will qualify you if you do well at them for 2024's circuit. And 2024, the Rumble in 2024, it's a 50K <laughs> <laughs> invitational, man. Like, what is that? Like, that's insane. Like, that that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, when they come to their, you know, the brawls or other realm events, they're like, this doesn't really make, this doesn't really make sense. Like, how are, I got, you know, 16th. You're just giving me a whole box of cards? Like, yep, here's a, here's a, here's a box. Or, you know, like, win, win a case or win a box events or just, like, the incredibly generous prize support of these, these tournaments. It's because they just love it. Like, you talk about you know necessarily being in the red like they just love it man they're they're here to to create and give to the community and the way they're doing it with the rumbles yeah there's the 20k invitational and that's been this whole circuit all year but like there's the 10k that's a 10k and a qualifier for the 50k there's a 5k team sealed which is 5k team sealed is in it itself cool at an event like this but it also qualifies you for the 50k next year and there are all these other events it's just it's it's gonna be unbelievable <laughs> it is unbelievable and it's incredible because I, I after most of these realm events for example like salt lake city or whatever i i got a message from an lss related person who basically said how was that event i said i mean honestly attendance was a little weak because salt lake city's not an easy place to get to it's not the best location however i think wasn't gen con going on too gen con the was the same weekend that was, that was huge yeah and but the thing about that was i'm like listen 
the 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 issue with that is that everybody in that venue had the biggest smile on their face everybody felt mm -hmm. like they were valued everybody was having a good time having fun the games were great the people were great same thing with every other realm related um event that i've gone through and yeah and like the whole conversation honestly for some people it's very difficult for them to sort of go past the whole well how much money did they make on this and i have to convince them i'm like it's not about profit for them and i understand that that's not a very good business model <laughs> i understand that that doesn't make sense well listen and they and they do make you know they they the reason they're in this position is because they're incredibly successful businessmen you know like yes. the reason they're in the position to support these tournaments but but you the, know sometimes <laughs> well no, but the, the whole thing is like i i'm like imagine these events almost as like commercials for their business and then that business becomes gets a lot more successful and and does a lot more business in that regard but the realm rumble which to me was like when i think it was at worlds last year where um the owner of the realm approached me and said i have an idea about like a circuit that feeds into a major tournament and i said i'm like yeah when when you get there let me know like like i i am not a planning person i'm all for it i would love to support you and here we are for this massive tournament and like you said the 50k next year i mean callings only award what like 10 or 20 10 to 20 yeah 10 to 20 yeah so this is like two and a half callings minimum um all put together and and off the the back of the hard work of the great people at realm games which you're intimately involved with. Like you're definitely involved with, with this process. Like what, what mm -hmm. can we look forward to for this particular event? And like, I'm doing this from the capacity of like, I'm going to be there, but there are people who are on the fence because, oh, it's just going to be another like battle hardened. And I'm trying to explain to them it's not. So you could do a better job of that. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, this event is, is designed for the people in the community that love these events that love the big events, the callings and the pro tours and the worlds, right? Like these days that you get to spend multiple days in the convention center with the community that's all so fired up to be there. Um, and it's going to be like surrounding not only these incredible tournaments, but the trappings and the fun that you would expect from something like a, a calling or a pro tour where you have side events and, and on-demand drafts and, you know, smaller CC tournaments or blitz tournaments or like, honestly, the, the realm has their own uh, like take on some really cool events where you get like, they, they call it pre-con plus where you pick a pre-con deck and then you get something like between one to three booster packs to supplement your pre-con deck. And then you do Swiss and, and you know, and then somebody wins that. And like that, that event has every time people try it, they're like, yo, this is very fun <laughs> um and a, and a full ass cosplay contest with uh caroline alvarado and elaine hommantry are like completely like taking all of the reins in the initiative on that and i mean i've heard tell that they want to get like some additional performers and like they're trying to do some i think really amazing kind of like i don't necessarily want to spoil the theme but they're really trying to theme the whole venue and they, they've been working already so hard um like multiple months in advance on the cosplay contest, but also just like making the event hall feel incredible and feel fun to be at. I think they're putting all three of us in cosplay. I won't spoil as, as what, but uh, the, the three of us uh, in at the show, I think are all going to be dressing up for that event as well. Um, I mean, it's just like, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head when people come to these events 
they pretty much leave being like, wow, that was really fun. And these people were really taking care of us and really like going above and beyond in the prize support and in the like, if there's a question or if there's a dispute, like err on the side of fun and generosity and the player's experience, you know? And like, I, I, I could not be more excited for the event. I totally... I, I, you know, I understand when some people are like, what is it? <laughs> like, because we haven't really seen it in Flesh and Blood yet. You know, it's a it's a thing that I think was pretty popular in Magic for a long time where these, you know, the SCG opens and the GPs. But like here we have an independent store uh, in the realm that is trying to create a similar circuit for people to play in. And also like uh, uh, this flagship event at the end that's going to not only give out, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in prizes, like 45 Hayes worth of prizes over the whole weekend um but also just like with the north star of the whole thing be like we want everyone to just feel leave feeling freaking like they had the best time and it's so, i'm stoked <laughs> i'm i'm stoked too and i'm gonna be there and part of it for me as well i know this is obviously a flesh and blood podcast but it's not just flesh and blood there's gonna be an alpha clash tournament there's gonna be you want to jam pokemon you could play pokemon there you could do all kinds of stuff uh outside of that i don't know if they're doing magic or whatever but there's gonna be other games that you can play and for me i mean obviously flesh and blood is like my bread and butter i love this game to death but dude, if you're firing up some Pokemon, I'm gonna I'm bringing. I was gonna say you're playing the Pokemon. I know you're playing in the Pokemon I'm, event. Hold on a second. <laughs> you say that. Um, yeah, you got you got a little deck. Well, I have the Toronto Regional Championships this weekend, and yesterday okay. I got my deck in the mail, courtesy of Kayfabe Cards. So thank you, Kayfabe Cards. I got my uh, my Pokemon deck <laughs> here, baby. You see that? And I put this card in the front because it just shows me the complete dichotomy between flesh and blood and pokemon because in flesh and blood you have a card like cleave of like a dude yeah. with a hammer cutting somebody in half in pokemon you have pikachu having their birthday party or something with <laughs> balloons and stuff and i'm like you know what this feels like a complete departure from wanting to tear somebody in half so yeah i will be there but that's that's a a major element of this it's like bring whatever games you want like it's a it's a it's a you know, the, the Hallmark event is going to be the Realm Invitational for the 20K. The other aspect is going to be, you want to go jam a Alpha Clash tournament for, like, five grand? Go do that. You want to go play in the Pokemon tournament for five grand? Go do that. Like, to go do the side events, the this, the that. Like, it is truly an experience. Like, this is a, a weekend, man. Yeah, 100%. I, like you said, I mean, I think if, if, if you're somebody that enjoys you know, playing all these card games in your total grinder, like you're going to have a full schedule because there's going to be things to do, you know, uh, you're going to have too many choices of things you could want to do. And if you're like me and somebody who is really, and you know, I think a lot of the people who are involved with the realm and with the circuit who are just like flesh and blood is your thing. Like, man, it's, it's, it's a really incredible opportunity for, you know, people were bummed that there was only one pro tour this year, uh, but we got, you know, we got the rumble and it's another three day long event where you're going to be able to play in multiple open tournaments for tens of thousands of dollars, as well as side events and jamming games. I also want to give a shout out to Yuanji Lee because I was, uh, I was uh, doing some, I've been working with the realm, like you said, trying to help them with, with their, their marketing and getting, you know, getting some of the, the word out for these events. Um, and I was trying to find a good name for the weekend. It didn't have a name yet. And I hit up Ethan Van Sant. I was like, I, I pitched him some ideas. And he was like, Yuanji just said the Realm Rumble. And I was like, done. That's it. 
So you want to be given giving you your flowers for that one because uh, I think it'll be used for many years. It's a great name, um, and it's going to be a great event. And I really hope everybody comes. And I hope everybody who's on the fence. Uh, comes and checks it out and i hope the people that aren't able to make it out this year uh they watch what will be i think a really kick-ass stream which i'm looking forward to talking to you about offline but like uh i think people are going to be able to get to like see how fun it is and come for the 50k and all these subsequent level ups and tournaments next year as well you made a good point which is you know we are down a pro tour um which I think is what's going to happen moving forward. It's going to be one Pro Tour main championship. There's going to be Worlds, Nat season. Like, those are the, the majors, et cetera. However, you know, like you said, Realm is kind of picking up the slack for the major event that we might not be getting otherwise. And I want to talk a little bit about the importance of these, I call them grassroots types of, of circuits. Mm. But it doesn't feel grassroots anymore because it feels pretty damn established. But these smaller entities like realm like age that are putting on these events and these tournament circuits etc that have point systems and invitationals and kind of stops and yeah. tours and, and they're you know they're marketing out the opportunity for other stores to award these invites etc like can you talk a little bit about the impact the importance you know the the, the poignancy of these entities like realm age etc that are putting on these things what do these what do they mean to the to the to competitive fab in the community? Oh, I would love to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you put it put it well in that there is uh, like there's such a need for communities to be able to play kind of like I, the fact that flesh and blood has a type of player base that when like they see something they want that isn't necessarily where they want it to be yet they go and they make it, you know, and you have, you like, we were like, we want to see this on YouTube. So we made that YouTube channel. Right. And like these, these, you know, the realm AGE, these, these people that are like, we want to see more tournaments and give more players the opportunity to play. Um, we are going to create that. And I think the fact of like, it's a different type of narrative and it's a different type of engagement that you get when you win a, a, like a local community tournament. And that's something that I think realm has given by, uh, by giving these, you know, RTI packages, the realm tournament invitational packages where any store can basically, you know, get the assets, get the resources and put on a tournament. If it's CC or blitz or draft or whatever. And you know, the winner gets to come to this 20 K and you're giving these stores beyond, you know, pro quests and RTNs, you know, I've seen so many things online that are like my stores pro quest sold out in 10 minutes and it was the prize support wasn't good and I couldn't do play in any events. But all of a sudden you have this other entity like the realm that gives so many more stores and so many more communities the opportunity to get to play in like a fun, higher stakes setting that isn't a pro tour, isn't a calling, right? So you don't necessarily have to travel far outside your area if you have work and you can't get out there or you, you know, are able to play against your local scene and the people you play against with your armories. But like, you know, get to get to have a little more than just your 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 little cold foil you get to win at the end. Like there's a little more on the line and there's, you know, you know, a thousand dollars. And, you know, I, I know you even got to go and cast an RT like that was so incredible that green tree like had so much like they were clearly so fired up about the event that they put on that incredible stream i was literally watching that i was buying my couch in living spaces and i was watching that <laughs> that team sealed stream i was with my it was with my brother and my, my my mother and father and we were all looking at couches and i was like check out this stream this is my friend 
Yeah, um, you know, and I fun, just, yeah. yeah. And like that, like that, there's like what, how incredible that that exists for that community. And like, I also, you know, with, with what AGE is doing, like they're a little more localized here in Los Angeles. And I've been so like, they're the only reason I've gotten into casting and they're so focused on the, the local Los Angeles scene. And they're so excited about like bringing the narrative to the world of like our players here and like their kick ass and here's who normally beats who and like creating that as a viewing experience is so you get a different thing than just like you know i love to hear about michael hamilton and mar ferris and tark patel and brody spurlock and these incredible players that are that that are the narrative but like you get to learn about other cool local heroes right and then those local heroes like matt vor all of a sudden go on and take second place at the calling dallas right and like now people that saw him on age streams are like oh whoa you know like it just creates an even more sense of like the greater community at play here um so i think it's super dope and super important it's awesome dude it is very good we're very lucky um again yeah. I'm, I'm speaking obviously uh, when i say where we're at north america i can't i don't know necessarily the you know nitty-gritty of what's going on across the pond and and for sure however over here we are incredibly lucky to have these types of events these types of circuits because you're right like it, it seems like you can look at the calendar and be like on any given month there is flesh and blood that matters and uh, and and it matters mm. maybe not in the capacity of well i'm not on i'm this isn't has nothing to do with a pro tour or nationals qualification but it qualifies for other types of prestige and i think that at a certain point when you look at the players that are going to this rti event or this this realm rumble i mean I'm getting messages from people locally being like, Hey, when are you going? What's the story? We're, we're putting a caravan together and we're heading out there like Tark Patel's ready to rock and roll because there's, there's money on the line. There's prestige on the line. And that's the, the element that I think a lot of people are now associating with these, with these tournaments is that you could, you could throw cash at anything and but that won't necessarily elevate it to a prestige that people will be like dude that's the guy who won xyz and if there's one thing that we learned when we did the the two goliath gauntlet tournaments it's that the quality of players is what elevates it and yeah you want to attract them in but when when i would hear other people talk about oh he finished like second place at the at the goliath gauntlet and that mattered to them. Mm. I was like, wow, that's incredible. And now these realm events are kind of getting the same level of respect, which they deserve. So I think that there's definitely um, a void. You know, when this all was kind of being conceived, there was this murky cloud above LSS where we weren't sure what where they were going. Like they had cut a pro tour off this calendar. We hadn't seen many callings going on. There were regions that were getting completely you know isolated from competitive play and then ultimately realm steps up puts on this other stuff and again i'm talking about north america but mm -hmm. it kind of filled a void that now lss is like hey there's other options out there and now we're elevating our game i think that 2024 in my estimation and i'd love to hear yours is probably going to be from a competitive standpoint for flesh and blood a marquee year for that game oh Absolutely. I think we are really moving into a, a little bit of a of an initial golden age. I think we've kind of we've it almost feels like we've gotten through the prologue 
you know like this is this was the prologue to what flesh and blood can be like we've had you know the the ups and downs of a, of a young company kind of finding their footing we've had covid like you said then we've had the kind of uncertainty as things i think changes changes with lss and they're figuring out exactly what they want their competitive season to look like and as they figure out their competitive season some things go on the back burner we lose some pro tours we lose some callings but now all of a sudden we got to hear about pro tour los angeles months in advance and we know where it is and when it is. And that speaks to, I think, a different sense that we've already gotten to see a little bit in the back half of this year. And now looking at next year, like I, it really seems like they're going to have a different sense of competitive play and a different sense of of like expanding that and making sure that the competitive circuit is as incredible as it can be. And then you also have the realm putting on a 50K invitational circuit. You have AGE in the West Coast putting on their circuit. You have freaking Ethan and Nathan at Savage Feats that are just going around to all these events, putting on like world class coverage, which started as Ethan freaking out and being with me and, and Pankajit Indian being like, ah, 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 you know, and like <laughs> now he's like cool as a cucumber and out there just absolutely crushing it. Like the, these, these incredible community pillars that are lifting it up beyond even what LSS is doing. But then when you look at what LSS is doing, it's looking like that's about take, to take kind of a level up too. So like, Brad, I don't know, like this feels like it's time to actually get into the main event. You know what I mean? We're getting there. We're getting there for sure. Um, I do have a couple questions that cycled in for you. This one from okay. Joshua Le uh, Levy, who's a great judge, great person, um, mm. always gives me a white border Stonewall Confidence Bravo card, uh, Guardian card signed every time I see him. I have like a, I have a yeah. few of them that I keep. I don't throw them out. I still have them, Josh. <laughs> uh, Josh asks, what has been your favorite flesh and blood memory? And are you and Flake coming to my house in December for drinks during the Realm Rumble weekend? So two-parter here. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, my favorite flesh and blood memory. It's a good question. Honestly, probably, and this is, this is kind of... Um, this is like, nah. But I like the the night that I that I got a text from Aiden that was like, yo, like my friend is learning flesh and blood. Will you come teach us? And he sent me a picture and it was Jacob, like he just pulled a mask of momentum. And I'd never seen Cobra Kai, but I'd seen him on this magic show Game Nights. And I was like, oh, that's that's a kid from Game Nights. I was like, sure, I'll come. And like I just brought some whiskey over and we got a little pretty trashed and just like played a bunch of games. And that was literally that night Jacob turned and was just like Let's do a YouTube channel, guys. And I met. I was like, I met you three hours ago, brother. Um, but I, but I, but I was super down. I was like, this sounds great. Um, when I look back at that, it was just like that. That in the moment, it felt like, oh wow, this is actually feels like maybe a special thing. Um, so I know that's maybe lame, but that's probably probably my favorite moment. It's not lame at all. It's very wholesome <laughs> and endearing. Um, do you remember what the whiskey was? Yes, it was Toki, Centauri Toki. That's okay. one of my favorites. Beauty. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah, other question Japanese is, is are we going to Josh's house in December for drinks during the Realm Weekend? I will say this. Um, despite being a flair bartender for five years of my life and drinking more than... I saw than some of those pictures, dude. Oh. You were putting up those pictures recently. Well... You were like, I did... You did the fucking Leaning Tower of Pisa that was for my final night. That was my last Bro. shift. And at that time, I had said, 
I said it was it was my last shift ever. I said I don't want to be bartending. I don't want to be busy. Give me a section in the back of the restaurant and don't seat me unless somebody specifically asks for me. And I said, and if you don't like it, I just won't show up for my last shift, you know? And they're like, okay, fine. So I had a couple of my bar regulars go to sit in the dining room area of the restaurant and they kept ordering me shots. And (laughs) that those shots that you see, I think there's like 20 something of them there. That was over the span of like a six hour shift. I had all of those. They were all Jameson. You should put it up. You should put this picture up. I'll try to find it. Yeah, if, it's, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll put it up. And again, I do not condone recklessness. <laughs> I, ha- I, I was driven home after the fact. But if you want to know what peak flake drinking was like when, in, when I was in my mid-20s, I had about 20-plus shots of Jameson and Ew. Johnny Walker Red that night. My, I ba- my cash balanced. I was completely fine. I signed out. I gave him my like t-shirt or my apron or whatever the hell it was, and I went to go sit at the bar and got my back. And I can sit and I continued to drink. <laughs> but God damn. I don't do that anymore. If I have, yeah, yeah, if yeah. I drink once a month, I drink for occasions. Uh, like I yeah. can still throw back. If you guys want to go out and have a good time, I will a hundred percent one for one everybody. But I don't oh recommend God. it in my thir- in my late thirties anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to do with Josh then. That sounds fun. Yeah. That that works out. Next question is from Keith. Actually, Keith asking number one, when are you moving to Ohio so he doesn't have to do the math uh, regarding uh, Pacific time zones? Um, okay. Do you want to answer answer that one real quick? Uh the you know in the fullness of time and the miasma that is existence, there are possibilities that stretch into the infinite of existence. And yet, uh, when I look ahead at my initial futures and particular endeavors, it is hard to sift through such a cobbled together weave of possibilities. And yet, looking at that, it is it is a challenge to discern what could possibly be coming for any of us. Okay, uh, spe- even specifically me. So that was Sam O'Byrne auditioning for a young Doctor Strange, in case anybody wanted to know. Um, you, you, I mean, in a certain reality, you're already there. In a certain, exactly. in another, in another timeline, Ohio is a hotbed of acting opportunities. Did you not know Precisely. that? It, they call Mansfield the Hollywood of Ohio. Did you know that? <laughs> they do. Mansfield for sure. Uh, yeah, and everything everywhere all at once, uh, Hollywood is Mansfield. <laughs> the follow-up question is, if you're on a deserted island and can only bring two fab decks, what would they be? Am I trying to beat the coconuts? What, well, I, I so... Like, am I trying to remember I don't know like? if, this is a mis- if, if this is a mistype, because it has been edited already, this, this question. It says sure. in brackets, one for you... And one for you. So I think it's you playing, oh, playing against against, yes. against yourself. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, probably Icelander because I love that deck. But what's a fun deck? Imagine if I was just like and Lexi because I'm a masochist. No. Um. <laughs> um. Maybe. I mean, my two favorite decks are Icelander and Azuri, and I haven't I haven't played that matchup in a minute. Um. I feel like it's. I feel like that'd be fun. I get it could be all right. I yeah. I would go for like a classic like Katsu versus Bravo, mm. but that's just yeah, that's... me. But yeah. the other part of me wants to do something like Oldham versus 
like old school prism because it's so lopsided that if i'm playing against myself the challenge would be to beat beat the prism like and that mm -hmm. feels incredibly difficult uh yeah. so I, at least i would have something to do because if you're just playing the game it's like well one would win one would win you know it's 50 50 but like if you're on that island and it's like a 95 5 type type of matchup i'm like i could i could see myself being like okay waking up every day on that island um kissing my coconut girlfriend saying good morning honey <laughs> and then trying that matchup and being like and losing and be like hey tomorrow we have a reason to wake up tomorrow to try to win that game that, mm -hmm. I would, I would take it from that capacity. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, um, my friend Sam, we have the Patreon exclusive. And the Patreon exclusive, because obviously you know, you're an actor, you've got some chops here. I'm going to test those chops. Oh, no. I'm going to give you scenarios that you're going to have to act out for me uh, involving some of the, the best and brightest personalities in flesh and blood. So if you want to hear Sam do some impressions with some various scenarios you've got to be a tier three patron uh patreon supporter by going to patreon.com slash instant speed for as little as two dollars a month you could support flake here and make sure that his ramen is not is a name <laughs> brand version so that's how we're going it's, it's great value i'm a patron i've been a patron for quite some time you have you are uh you are a fan of the show you are a fan of the show sam o'burn and we appreciate you for it so yeah 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 but uh. That was a lot of fun, and I appreciate wrestlers you. Wrestlers love me. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. It's the it's the draftable set. Wrestlers love me. There's crack shuffle play with wrestlers love me. It's <laughs> such a great new set. Round the table. Yeah. It's not even round the table. It's through the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the same three words. Crack shuffle play. Round the table. Wrestlers love me. It's just like all good things come in threes. Yeah. The set, the all that stuff, three floating. All you guys, you guys are wicked cool i love you all so much you sam are awesome brother um thank you so much for doing the show dude it was a true honor and a privilege uh I, you know or charles last week was 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 telling you how how cool it was to be on and i feel the same like i've been listening to this for years and it's 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 just a, a joy to know you talk to you and get to do this so thanks for having me i will see you definitely down the line at the very least so i will catch up with you at the Realm Rumble, which is the first weekend of December. Where can we get more information about the Realm Rumble for people who are maybe not qualified, but want to be there, want to be part of the festivities? Absolutely. There is, uh, you can check out the Realm Games on Twitter as well as realmgamingnetwork.com. And at the time of this uh this releasing i'm pretty sure because it's not going to come out today i don't think tomorrow uh, but at the time yeah, of this thursday i think thursday right. the 26th incredible at the time of this at the time of your seeing this there's an incredible campaign going on right now on twitter um where you can uh enter into a potentially get a spot in an alpha draft at the rumble all you need to do is go and post um, uh, the graphic that is posted on the Twitter account that says, I'm going to the Rumble. Make sure you're signed up for one of the events that you can pre-register for online, like the open tournaments. Um, and then someone is going to get picked from those posts in a couple weeks to participate in an alpha draft. And I might actually know someone who is participating in that alpha draft, and they might be the other person on this Discord call right now. Why? Didn't want to yeah. bust that one out. But yeah, uh, Flake's going to be there. Uh, fun fact, at Nats, U.S. Nats, they 
I got pulled aside by Trevor Baker, who's the uh, OP program manager guy mm-hmm. at LSS. He yanks me aside. He said, Flake, we we want you to be a part of the alpha draft. And I said, okay, that's amazing. However, I'm doing the next match. I need to be on in like two minutes. He's like, oh, okay. And then he goes against Brian Gottlieb. <laughs> No, I know. Please. And he just yeah. and, and Brian's like, uh, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, or Brian, you can <laughs> you can take my spot, and I can go draft because this is the second time now that I miss an alpha draft because I'm working. And he's like, yeah. or I can go uh, pull rank and go do it. He didn't say that, but he's like, or I can yeah, just yeah. go do it. And I was like, yeah, probably, go do it. He probably would have said, you should have me do Brian Gottlieb because all I would have done is every third word been like, well, I'm old. I'm old and gray. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically dead anyway. Ah, well, I'm just a husk of a man. He's probably just, I'm old, and so I'm going to do the draft. Yeah. Man's 40. He's not old. No. But he's he, every every third word. He's like, I'm b- basically already dead. I'm like, my guy, it's okay. <laughs> he he kind of walks around like he has the weight of the world and, and, and the life experiences of, like, Clint Eastwood, like, packed into his <laughs> this his skeleton, and it's just trudging him down then again i i feel for a guy who has to commute to auckland from new york like multiple times oh a year God. for work so the the amount of co- communicating he does online he's he's he does the lord's work he does uh, there's there's very few people in this industry that i respect on the same level that i respect brian gottlieb uh we don't always see eye to eye but that is a completely different thing and believe it or not friends you could disagree with somebody and not hate them it's it's an it's a magical world we live in but that's where we're at all right samwise you beautician of a person i am so thrilled that uh that you are you are who you are and uh, i get to be a part of that that lifestyle so uh if anybody wants more from sam where can we get more sam oh we got a youtube channel it's called three floating we try to put out the best gameplay we can i'm on twitter just for flesh and blood so the only reason i'm there <laughs> at, hang out if you want to hang at out <laughs> sam j o'burn in case anybody wants to know see tis i good thing tis I'm i all right brother man yeah i love you dearly uh let's let's say a big thank you to the realm games again for uh just putting on the event make sure that you go check out the realm rumble first weekend of december i'll be there sam will be there there's a lot of stuff going on so check the link in the comments of this uh video and if you are if you want to go, I highly encourage you to go. It is going to be on the level of a big event like Nats, like, you know, any type of calling. It's going to blow that away. Uh, beyond that, Kayfabe Cards. Go to kayfabecards.com. Be who you want to be at Kayfabe Cards. And, of course, to our uh, wonderful Patreon supporters. You guys are amazing. I sincerely appreciate you all. So thanks for the support. We will see you next time on the instant speed podcast do you want to do the closing line as me sam oh my god well, give, give me give me it word for word well it is uh, essentially you're not losing if you're learning we'll see you mm-hmm. next time on isp do you want to do that one as me sure i do if you want me to hit it that's it i love that line too you're not losing if you're learning and remember my friends you're not losing if you're learning We'll see you next time on ISP. It's not that hard because you're 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 such a good guy. <laughs> okay. well,